if a ghost enters your body, he can possess you and you'll have no memories whatsoever of what happened. Ooh, I hate that. Murder. Murder, man. Love it. Hey, I'm Eli. And I'm Ian. And this is... Conspiracy Crashers! Yay! All right, history stuff. We're doing Roanoke, which is an island that is now, or was then, deserted because shit happened and we don't know what happened, but Ian has history for us. Yeah, so uh, because we decided that everyone was like, we were too easy on you guys. You guys were just picking up the theories right and left, and you know, what better way to really settle into the groove of these episodes than to just absolutely flood you with history. And so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to go with one of probably the most history intensive theories I've ever had to read. It's going to be great. You know, going into it, I was like, great, another lost colony because I did um, Atlantis. And doing that one was like hell for me, honestly, because there is no history. They were like, yeah, it's just lost and we don't know if it ever existed and this could be where it is, but maybe not. Who knows? Also, it could be in Egypt. Also, it could be in the Sahara Desert. Who knows? And so I was really dreading this. I was like, I do not want to do another lost city where I'm like, well, it's not here. But then my existential crisis kicked in and I was like is this real is any of this real why do we exist did this exist and I think I sat in my bed until like 4 a.m last night just being like nothing is real so that was where I was at with this okay if you're gonna have an existential crisis like that there's just one thought that I had like two years ago so like everyone you know how how stereotypically like if a ghost enters your body he can possess you and you'll have no memories whatsoever of what happened and it won't be you it'll be whoever the ghost is yeah what if we've just been perpetually perpetually possessed for our whole lives and just never never actually were ourselves And we wouldn't know because this perspective of ours would be the ghost's perspective. Oh, shit. We would be the ghost because that's what we think of. We think of ourselves as ourselves, but we'd be a ghost inside a body. All right, Roanoke, what we're actually doing. That's right. I thought it was really interesting, actually, that White's granddaughter was the first, like, English baby to be recorded to be born in the U.S. I was like, yeah. oh, I didn't know that. Like, there, there was actually, like, a lot of significant history going on over there despite how absolutely horrid it all <laughs> I mean a lot of it was really significant to American history and either I slept through my history classes or we didn't talk about it because I don't remember ever learning any of that for whatever reason the name Virginia Dare sounds familiar to me from history class so I might have actually like learned about this but in such a cursory way that it just didn't click for me that There was, like, this whole thing at Roanoke. Oh, this was an island and no one knows what happened. Moving on. At least to my recollection, I never heard of Roanoke Island. My teacher basically was like, yeah, they were scalped and killed. But I'm like, they never found bodies or anything, so... Wow. I've remembered small parts of it. So... The actual level of historical context necessary to make a lot of inferences about what happened to the colonists, it's it's a lot. There's there's a lot of prerequisite uh, historical knowledge, but we didn't want to bore you guys with every last relevant detail all at once. So just as like a quick overview, I'm going to give you the rundown of what happened at Roanoke Island. Through the mid to late 1580s, 
the Queen of England was interested in creating a port city in the Americas, partially to acquire new precious metals and materials and stuff, and partially to create a haven for privateers who could attack Spanish ships, because during this period, England and Spain were at war. So they didn't want to just blindly make a colony over there, partially because Spain already kind of had, like, claim to just about all of that area right about this time. But nonetheless, the queen wanted to give it a shot. So uh, she sent an exploratory mission through, I believe it was... Uh, Raleigh, right? Um, and also, question, what is a privateer? A privateer is like a pirate, but in an official capacity. So a government would pay like mercenary ships to go out and loot other supply ships to foreign countries. So it was like a legal pirate. That's the job. Yeah, yeah. It was like a pirate, but on your team. So like, you wouldn't call them a pirate. You'd call them a privateer. So like, it'd be like white hat hacking. Exactly. Fuck acting. I'm a pirate now. Be a privateer, man. Probably a lot less careers in that these days, but I'm sure it still happens. We have modern navies. I mean, as I recall, there's still a lot of privateering that happens in the uh, the Middle East and like in lower in trade routes through uh, less developed countries. There are still pirates and I'm sure there are still official pirates. So there was a charter given to Raleigh by the king. Uh, Not the king, the queen of England, sorry. Uh, She gave him six years, I believe, to do something with this land that she was pretty sure Spain hadn't gotten yet. And, you know, she, she wanted to see if there was a way to make it work without, you know, immediately having everything get destroyed. So she sent an exploratory mission. Uh, And that initial exploratory mission, they made friendly relations with a particular tribe of Indians. There was, like, tension on the island in terms of, like, other tribes not being so cool with white people coming on land. But for the most part, they didn't have any problems. Uh, So they went back to England and were like, wow, this place, Roanoke Island, it's great! You gotta send colonists over here. This is gonna be fantastic. So a second, a second voyage was prepared. This one with the intent to colonize. Right. This colony was going to suffer because food and supplies were lost on right. the way into the island. Well, and then to- was this one also mostly men? I think it was the third one that had women and children. Yes. The, the second one was like half soldiers, just soldiers. And yes, there were very few. I think there might actually have not been any women. Right. I could be wrong. Which is, for me personally, seems like an odd choice if you're trying to make a colony. Yeah. But that's just me. And then things also went really weird with the second one, and they, like, kind of... So there there was a lot that went on with the second one, but I'm going to just say that the primary issue was that they had damaged relationships with the Native American tribes, and they really severely lacked the supplies necessary to sustain their own community. And so eventually they all retreated and went back to England. Uh, they said, okay, fuck it, this this isn't worth it. See, I read that they all died, and when the third group came, they could only find one skeleton. This first colony we're talking about was established by a man whose last name is Lane, and I forget what his first name is right now. His colony colony mostly returned back to England. However, they wanted to leave 15 men behind 
to sort of secure the area that they already had. They had given up on colonizing it at the moment, but it's not like they just wanted to surrender the land. So they left, I think, 15 guys to sort of just hold down the fort. They left them with a year's worth of provisions and hoped that, you know, they'd be able to just hold the area until they someone else could develop it more. Protect the land, basically. They returned to England. There was not a lot of hope for a colony after that, but there was an, just enough will on the on the uh on the part of investors to secure one last voyage to try and colonize the area this time they were smart though they said okay roanoke indians apparently don't like us very much however up north in chesapeake bay we hear there are pretty friendly indians so let's try and just guide our colony up in that direction and then we won't have the same problem again, which was a great plan until they decided, you know what we should do? We should stop by the Roanoke colony and check on those 15 dudes we left behind. So they did, and they were gone. All the stuff was was gone. And then to make matters worse, uh, they received a message telling them not to return back to their ships, telling them to stay on Roanoke. And so the second Roanoke colony was formed. However, they basically suffered the same problems the previous colony did, not having enough food and supplies and having horrible relations with the Indian tribe, but only barely. At least they were polite enough to decide to check on the people they left behind years ago. That's true. I mean, it, it wasn't an inherently bad decision, but it had the unfortunate consequence of leading history to repeat itself. They checked. That was sort of nice to be like, oh, we left these people a really long time ago. We should probably make sure they're okay. Yes. I mean, it, they tried doing the right thing and it really fucked them up. Long story short, because the colony was doing really badly, they sent back the governor of this second colony, John White, to go report on the situation to the queen. And then he could not return to the colony for like a really long time. Years. And when he finally did, there was no actual sign of the colonists. All there were were signs pointing him in the direction of the Croatoan island. That basically is all we have on the lost colony after that point. No one saw them or any evidence of them since. Because why would we? Yeah, it was interesting because, you know, he did leave for three years. And I believe part of it was because of the war. What uh, yeah, I think I think Raleigh uh, actually uh, fought in Ireland for a while. Well, that's nifty. Was, throughout all of this, the guy who actually had the charter for the land, Raleigh, never went to the Americas. He didn't go at all during this entire time. And then when he finally did go, he didn't even go to see if his colonists were all right. He went to find El Dorado. Right, right. Like, the guy was a dick, okay? <laughs> I'm just gonna say that much. Let's all be good people. Some of us have to be dicks. I mean, it just... I guess, you know? The nature of it. Um, so, but he left for three years, um, White did. And he had told the colonies to like leave basically um, a cross carved into a tree if they, if they had been forced out due to like violent circumstances, if they were in any form of distress. Yeah. And on his return, they're gone. We don't know where the fuck they are, but there were no crosses found. So and they were gone, but not for a distressful reason. Right. And 
all of the houses and like things they had built were dismantled, which also shows that there was no rush for them to leave. There was no danger. There was no hurry. They just weren't there. And so they had the word Croatoan carved into one tree and crow carved into another, right? That is correct. Yeah. I looked into the etymology of it. And um, interestingly enough, Croatoan means talk town. And so like, that's when I texted you, I think, and I was like, the etymology is not helping anything. Talk town. What would that even mean? Which language did you translate this from? Because potentially the Croatoan tribe that had a name of significance within the Algonquian language. Okay. Uh, it means either talk town or council town. Yeah. It's very odd because like... Oh, for, for anyone wondering, by the way, I'll, I'm not just pulling out a random language out of my ass. Uh, the Algonquian language was like a, a pretty common language among the tribes in the area mm-hmm. at the time. But okay, even council town, like I feel like that doesn't line up with anything significant really the only thing carving in the tree lends itself to is them going to the croatoan tribe and assimilating and um white took it as like reassurance and peace because um and they never found the cross so he was like cool they're safe they're alive they're okay i don't know where but they're okay. You would think with that, though, they would have eventually been found. And I mean, they're doing DNA stuff now, but they still haven't found any matches. I got excited because I found that um, Croatoan, the word, it's linked to a bunch of disappearances, actually. Um, It's linked to Amelia Earhart. So that's 1937. So a good like 300 years. Yeah. (laughs) A good chunk of time after. It was found in Amelia Earhart's journal. And that's another disappearance that has never been figured out. Was the Croton Island like a, above one of the flight paths she was planning on taking? No. Interesting. Okay. On that too. So we have that one where it just kind of disappeared. Um, the horror writer um, Ambrose Bierce had carved it into one of his bedposts and disappeared shortly after that. And there was no sign of him. He hasn't been found either. That was 1913, so a little earlier than Amelia Earhart. Um, 1849, I, I'm going backwards instead of forwards. Oops. Oh, well. Edgar Allan Poe kind of disappeared out of nowhere for a little while and came back and was supposedly really out of it. Kind of like disheveled, wasn't making much sense with what he was saying. Um, And this one's not confirmed, but it's believed that one of his last words was Croatoan. 1888, um, a stagecoach robber, I for some reason didn't write his name, um, wrote it in his prison, wrote Croatoan in the wall on the wall of his prison cell a week before his release but then was never released because he just wasn't there and then the last one is um in 1921 um it's written in carol a deering's logbook of his like ship that he was captain of and the ship crashed but none of their crew was ever found so we have this word that's now linked to multiple disappearances. Like we've gone from just like one island, one one time to five. And that's kind of huge. Um, it is. But to me, that lends itself to something supernatural. Like at that point, it doesn't sound like just a coincidence anymore. Some people will believe it and other people are like, no, supernatural, like that's not real. Um, I will personally say I don't really see the... Uh... 
I don't really see that a bunch of disappearances that use the word Croatoan as like a sort of interconnection. These sort of infer completely different contexts because for the context of the, the colony, Croatoan actually indicated like a, pe- a physical people and a physical location. Whereas for these other people, it seems like just a word they used. Uh, and, and for all we know, they could have been referencing the disappearance to Croatoan in order to, in order to sort of like make a metaphor for what was gonna happen to them. So even if there was some sort of connection between those conspiracies, it wouldn't necessarily be related to this one. Fair. Hey, Grandma, guess what? I made a podcast. Oh, Peggy Sue, that's great. What's a cast slot? Is it for your Tic Tacs? You can listen to stories on it. and Like an audiobook? One time, my boyfriend sent me an audiobook. Those were the days. No, it's different. It's super easy. I use this app called Anchor. This one is about conspiracy theories. Like how everyone believes the Earth is round? Um, sure. <laughs> I don't want you to spend all your pennies on this Anchor thing. Actually, with Anchor, it's free. I've already made money on my first two. Where can I listen to this past pod? Anchor distributes it for me on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You know what they say, an apple a day keeps the podcast to stay. Bruma, you said it right, podcast. What? I said Laudplast. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I will say, however, that when the colonists, uh, or I should say before the colonists first came, the exploratory mission, there were people wary of these explorers, but there were also people who were very supportive of the explorers. I already mentioned that. One of the reasons for this conflict is because there was some sort of vague notion that the Englishmen might have had some connection to otherworldly spirits and powers. Uh, The Indians, particularly uh, from the uh, Croatoan and Wanchi's tribes, they both showed interest in exploring how they could possibly, how they could actually substantiate this connection between the Englishmen and the the powers of nature Mm -hmm. uh, and possibly learn how to harness that power. So in terms of the possible supernatural Croatoan connection to disappearances, the Indians themselves had some sort of superstition, particularly the Croatoans. So if you really wanted to establish a completely hypothetical and superstitious and unsupported theory, you could say that the Croatoans and the Englishmen wound up intermingling in such a way that these supernatural forces the Indians were concerned about in the first place uh, wound up wiping away a lot of the people. Yeah. Um, Plausible? Probably not. But hypothetically, very, very interesting. Yes, I'll say that much. Like that the word is linked to multiple disappearances. And like, I agree with you entirely. The likelihood of it actually being a connection is basically non-existent, but it's still a little bizarre. And like, I got excited because I'm very into like paranormal shit. And, like, I think one of the things that I found interesting about that was that um, witchcraft is one of the theories of how they disappeared and why they disappeared. Um, Because the Croatoans supposedly believed in witchcraft 
but only in the form of dark magic. Um, and so they were wary of the colonists because they thought they were practicing and um, thought it was violent and dangerous. It wasn't what a lot of people perceive witchcraft as now. And because of that, it's believed that um, some of them were burned at the stake. And so going into that, there's no proof that witchcraft is real. There's also no proof that it's not. But then on the other side of it, let's go with the theory of witchcraft. They were burnt at the stake. Mm-hmm. We were talking about ghosts earlier today. Could the spirits be going on and be like, this is what happened to us and basically be fucking shit up in history? Is it just a weird coincidence? Yeah, I'm just going to say if supernatural spirits really wanted to get our attention and tell us exactly how hundreds of them disappeared, I'd imagine there would be more accurate ways or even more effective ways than just causing single individuals years apart to disappear under yeah. completely different circumstances. There there are so many other ways you could get your message across. You could simply appear visibly and speak publicly. Mm-hmm. Like that would that would also do it. Just say. But to do it that way, the spirit would have to be very strong. And that's but- only if you assume that that spirits vary in strength in the first place. We don't know since we've never actually seen or detected actual spirit behavior there's no reason to believe that one spirit is stronger than another ian's roasting me i'm loving this i'm sorry but like i'm a skeptic all the way i will build the arguments for superstitious conspiracies but i'm not gonna go easy on them either See, the one thing I'm not a skeptic of is the supernatural. Ah, the the one, the, the one, one thing, like, all supernatural things. Got it. Well, okay, <laughs> listen. Um, <laughs> I am not skeptical of hauntings. Okay. Hauntings and ghosts. And um, I'm becoming significantly less of a skeptic in terms of past lives. Okay. But typically I'm a skeptic of most things. I'm always very open to having my mind change. Okay. But I do think with this one, it's a bit of a stretch. It's absolutely a stretch. And then the other like paranormal theory that I looked into was that they were absorbed into the land. Sorry, did you say absorbed into the land? Yeah. What exactly does that mean? Well, it's not a good theory. Oh, it's like one of the least solid theories in this entire thing. Why do all the cool theories have to be the wrong ones? I mean, hey, it sounds like the most ridiculous. We're trying to say that they were absorbed into the land. This is where we're at right now. On a scale of plausibility, your theories higher than getting literally absorbed into the earth. So tell me about this absorption of the earth's crust. <laughs> The swallowing of human souls by Mother Earth. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm ready. I really believe that there's a spirit on the island that had the power to absorb humans into the landscape. If the spirit was angered, it would turn them into trees. Mm. So, the entire theory is that the colonists were exploiting resources and abusing the land instead of just leaving they were turned into trees because they pissed off this spirit. So Mother Nature over here, not only can we not find any actual records that people even believed this story, but as you'll recall, one of the problems the colonies had, both the exploratory mission and the colonies, both struggled because there was a lack of lumber. So if these colonists disappeared and the trees grew to take their places, they would have been noticed. 
These yeah. trees would not have gone unnoticed. So, okay, I'm reading it and I'm like, yeah, this totally happened, right? Sure, naturally. But then I had this thought and I wrote this in my notes. The buildings were disassembled. So like, did they know they were going to get turned into trees and take apart their buildings? Like, There are all sorts of uh, loopholes here. There's so many holes. I love it. Not the least of which being, okay, so here we're going to get into another extra nitty gritty detail that the basic history overview I gave didn't cover. On the way, geographically, you couldn't just like boat directly up to Roanoke Island. There were like these channels you had to go through and it was like really narrow. There are, uh, there were, and it, it was kind of shallow water. So it was, it was really easy for things to go wrong. Bad weather literally stopped like 95% of operations at Roanoke from working well. Like, just about every story in Roanoke involves damage to a ship and loss of cargo. Right. No joke. Every single one. So, in boating over to Roanoke, this was John White. He came back to check on his colony. Remember, he, he returned because his colonists were suffering from tension uh, and lack of supplies. So, he went to report. He couldn't come back for a long time. On his way over, when he finally was on his way, he had to boat through this channel and he had to go slowly. So, he, it took him a few days to actually get to Roanoke. Right. During this time, smoke from fires was seen coming up from Roanoke. When he, he finally actually made land on Roanoke Island, fresh tracks were in the sand, even though no one was there. Right. So the fresh tracks aren't really relevant to this theory, but the burning of trees in a fires is very relevant. Like, clearly... If these colonists were turned into trees by getting absorbed into the earth, the message didn't get through. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. It was amusing. There's a couple other supernatural beliefs that tie in. The Croatoan, they believe in the reptilian devil of the woods. All right, we're going to just move on to the next theory, okay? I'm not even I'm not even about to talk about the reptilian god of the forest, okay? Uh-uh, it's not a god, it's a devil. <laughs> I'm not even about to talk about the reptilian devil of the forest. We're moving on. All right. Well, then my next theory, you don't like my supernatural theories? The day there's any sort of physical evidence that we've collected that actually supports one of these supernatural theories, I'll go for it. For example, if these fresh tracks in the sand happen to exactly match the Bigfoot, then maybe we've got something. Unfortunately, I don't think that's the case here. Yeah. All right. Well, this next one is part part natural and part supernatural. Okay, now we're getting half and half. I'll take that. Okay. Cannibalism. Yeah. So this is this is another one of the theories. It's not very commonly supported in like the historical or scientific communities. Nope. But it is a theory. The Roanoke colonists could potentially have committed cannibalism. This would not explain several other factors. As we've already mentioned, the dismantling of the houses, what appears to be looting of the possessions mm -hmm. in the camp. If food was the issue, robbing each other wouldn't have been a wouldn't have really been, you know, the main concern. No. And of course, the fact that if they had actually eaten each other, the bodies would have been discovered. Just like the single set of bones that was found with uh, John White, yes, returned yeah. to his colony, but he only found the one. Right. Uh, so the problem is that while it explains the loss of the colonists, it doesn't explain the loss of all the things that came with them. Yes, I agree. Um, now, I like this one, one, because who doesn't 
love cannibalism. God, I hate myself. Sometimes I need to just shut up. Um, okay. No, I like this one because of the fresh tracks that they found. Um, the Native Americans believe in a spirit in the form of a beast called a Wendigo. Yeah. It's also called a Wetiko. It's common folklore of the um, Algonquian tribes, and it's basically described as a monster with some characteristics of a human or a spirit that has possessed a human being and made them become monstrous. Um, Its influence is said to invoke acts of murder, greed, cannibalism, and um, cultural taboos against such behavior. Um, The character lends its name to the controversial modern medical term, uh, Wendigo psychosis, um, described by psychiatrists as a culture-bound syndrome with symptoms such as an intense craving for human flesh and fear of becoming a cannibal. So if we're arguing cannibalism, everything was dismantled, it was looted. Those are all beliefs of what a Wendigo would do. Um, So the belief is that they resorted to cannibalism and got turned into Wendigos and are still alive and wandering in that form. Again, it explains the loss of the colonists and doesn't explain the loss of their possessions. I'm also not necessarily certain that a human turned monstrous would be responsible for all of the signs. Like, for example, monstrous humans wouldn't necessarily bother with the sign indicating that they went to Croatoa. They also wouldn't have to mate fires for any particular purpose. Uh, to me, that, that seems to indicate a very natural cause, because most supernatural things don't seem to require fires for much yeah they seem to get along pretty well on their own so okay i have a question for you yeah the fires would you say then that they could have been there right before he got there and like have happened to just miss each other like upon white's return like could it have been that recent that they were still there personally i think it is unlikely that the fires were set by colonists because keep in mind roanoke island as we've already mentioned was also you know inhabited by several Indian tribes. Right. I think it's much more likely that there were some Indians on the island at the time who lit fires. And then when the white people came on, they were like, funny, everyone's avoiding us. It's almost as if no one's here, except they forgot that the Indians had been avoiding them the entire time because every time the white people came close, they were willing to murder them. So, you know, the fact that they encountered no one, but there were still fires on the island right before they got there, to me indicates less that the colonists were there right before they arrived and more that the Indians were there, saw that they were coming and we're like, ah, fuck it. These assholes were out of here. Same. That's another theory, though, that they were killed either by the Indians or by Spaniards coming to conquer the land. Yes. These seem more plausible to me, obviously, than like they were turned into trees. Yeah. I still feel like murdered, they would still find body parts. Yeah, now we're getting more into the, the field I'm most familiar with, which is more like archaeological and historical evidence. Historically, the chance that it was the Spanish who attacked is very low. Uh, We have records showing that the Spanish had still not found the Virginia colony, which Roanoke Island was supposedly a part of, that Britain had created, that England had created. They'd been looking for it the entire time 
specifically because, as you'll recall from the little blurb at the beginning, the Queen of England wanted to make this place a haven for privateers who would specifically target Spanish ships. The Spanish really didn't want this going on, so they really wanted to find the colony, but according to their own reports, they had yet to discover it as late as the 1600s. The last uh, trip by John White to see if the, the colony was doing all right in his absence was in 1590, and by then they were already gone. It seems unlikely that the Spanish had any part to play. Spanish attack, almost zero chance. Right. Historic. Indians are interesting. It's not as if our white people with their diseases and their uh, Machiavellian tendencies, it's not as if they were short on enemies with among the different Indian tribes. Okay, so now for supplemental history outside the blurb again. As happened most of the time when it came to uh, supernatural guesswork with astrology, it was entirely coincidence, I'm sure. But when the initial exploratory mission, just checking out the area, and meeting the friendly Indians happened. When the exploratory trip left, there was a solar eclipse, which is generally a pretty good sign of yeah. something, very auspicious. When they came back, when the first colony was on its way over, there was a comet which slowly soared across the sky, mm-hmm. an inauspicious symbol. And then along the way, while this first colony was making its making its pitch to stay in the game, it didn't work. While this was all happening, the diseases brought over by the colonies were sweeping through the tribes, which to them must have seemed like a curse. Right. So there was a lot of like symbolism and mythology working against the Indians' opinions of the colonists at mm-hmm. this time. And so back to back to the issue of of whether or not the Indians attacked the colonists, there there had been plans before to sack the colonists. Right. Legit, there were, there were already plans. None of them, to my knowledge, were successfully enacted, the ones that we know of at least, but it's not as if it hadn't been considered by the Indians before. Mm-hmm. They were not happy. As you said, however, there are a couple things that, again, don't quite tick all the boxes. It would explain the looting, which none of the theories we've discussed so far would have. It explains why all the stuff was taken. Uh, the Indians can always make use of that stuff, especially since, unfortunately, more Europeans are bound to show up. So at least if they have some sort of European currency or valuable valuables, they have that to exchange. So to Indians, that stuff was worth something. So they could have taken it. doesn't tick the box about the disappearance of the bodies, which you already mentioned. While they could have buried all the bodies, it doesn't make sense that they would leave one. On the other hand, if they were to simply like capture the colonists and kill them later then we would have in theory seen some sort of inter- some sort of transaction occurring there and none of the later none of the later explorers of the of the area like John Smith uh none of them ever successfully explored leads which involved any of the colonists being traded or exchanged within tribes it ties in a little bit to the witchcraft theory also. If they thought they were witches and they already were planning to kill them, would that kind of seal their fate that they were right in their assumption of witchcraft? Hard to say. I mean, there are two ways you could respond to it. Okay, if I was a tribe leader Mm -hmm. and I knew that that my enemy could conduct black magic. There would only be two possible responses. I could either attack the magicians out of fear, mm-hmm. or I could try and avoid them at all costs out of fear because I would be afraid that their black magic would overwhelm my military might. That would involve cultural investigation. You would have to know how powerful do these particular Indian tribes 
think the black magic of the colonists is. If they think that these guys are literal demigods, they're they're gonna freak the fuck out. They're not gonna fight. Yeah. If they think these are just meddling assholes who happened to accidentally create a couple black spells, ultimately aren't super powerful wizards or anything, mm-hmm. they're gonna go over and just straight up murder them. Problem solved. Don't wait for them to mature their abilities. Okay. So again, that culturally you would have to understand what they thought. Right. And that's beyond the scope of at least the resources of this channel. So yeah, that was my only other thought on that one. So going into the last big theory that I have in terms of not being super realistic is Sir Francis Walsingham Mm -hmm. trying to take um, Rally down a peg. Would you care to explain the historical significance of this theory? Like who are the principal characters? Yes, okay. So Sir Francis Walsingham was originally the Queen's right-hand man, essentially. And after Raleigh had taken his troop and returned and was like, this place is great, Walsingham in this theory is perceived to have been pretty fucking pissed. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of jealous and wanted to ruin Raleigh's reputation was my understanding of it. Um, and thus by doing that, depleted them of their resources and left them stranded there to die, I guess, or to be killed. There is a tie-in here that people cite for this particular theory, which is that, as mentioned, it took a long time for John White to get back to his colony after having left it to report to the Queen. Uh, He went back to England, and he couldn't come back until 1590, which you might have, you might remember I already mentioned briefly. As it turns out, uh, the very guy this theory is saying conspired against Raleigh, he died in 1590, meaning his conspiratorial efforts would have ceased in 1590, hence finally allowing the supply ship to go through. It's hard to say whether or not this actually is concrete proof of causation, kind of like how statistics works, unfortunately. But uh, needless to say, the conspiracy theory has certain historical coincidences which align with I kind of like read it and was like, yeah, no, that's not feasible in my mind. He wouldn't be able to deplete them. Like, yes, White wasn't able to return. He wouldn't have been able to get rid of all their resources or anything without him himself going. This is true. Hey, bro. Hey, bro. Awesome bro take. Yeah, man, I hoped you noticed I got it from Phoenix Fit. Like the bird? No, it's spelled F-N-X Fit. Fuel for greatness. Oh, yeah, man. You are pretty great. You know, I've totally heard of them. I get my protein powder from them. Dude, bro, you use protein powder? That's why you look so good. Man, thanks, bro. Dude, I'm looking at the website right now. They donate a gallon of clean water to parts of the world that don't have it every time you make a purchase. Well, bro, that's so beautiful. (laughs) Just like our bromance, dude. I love you, bro. No, I love you, bro. Use the code CRASHER with a capital C for 15% off every purchase at fnxfit.com. This actually ties directly into one of the big pieces of counter evidence, which is that the dude was literally one of the primary investors in the colony. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, he was the guy putting money into the expeditions and into the colony. Right. He was, so one, of these, he was one of the bigwigs. So the idea that he was conspiring against the very project he himself was financing, I mean, it, maybe he just, maybe he supported the colony, but just not rally, rally running the, the colony. 
maybe that was it. So like he he wanted to support the endeavor, but still somehow block it. Like it, I don't know. It it just it seems sense. like it would be a little complicated and convoluted. Yeah, I just like all I hear from it is pettiness almost. Like it just that feels very petty to me. Of I'm not getting my way, so I'm just gonna kill everyone. Like I mean, we're pretty stupid, but I would like to think we're a little better than that. <laughs> well, I think I think at the very least we can say that there was a conflict of interest and that it doesn't really make sense for no one is going to bother wasting their own money by standing in the way of the project they're financing. Right. And like, I mean, I just think he'd have to care a lot to fuck it up like that. And he wouldn't be putting his own money in if he had ever had intentions to fuck it up. Exactly. See that, that would have been the more reasonable way to, actually get back at rally if he was really if he really had a conspiracy against him is to s- pull out his financial support that would have legitimately stopped the funds uh, the actual uh, attempts to get supplies back to the colonies and to get john white back historically the reason why they couldn't get a supply chain back there wasn't actually because of a lack of funding it was because the queen of england uh, was diverting most of the ship traffic towards the war efforts. Remember, Spain, Spain and England still fighting at this point. Right. Uh, and she was also concerned about the risk of wasting these ships, literally having them getting robbed by pirates, mm-hmm. which, as we mentioned, was literally like a professional trade back then. There were pirates everywhere. Right. And sure enough, like two, like I think three separate uh, supply attempts to bring things to the colonies failed partially because of bad weather, partially because of pirates. Mm -hmm. So like, honestly, it seems more likely that just the climate of warfare and the general weather of the area were the biggest obstacles, much less so than the conspiracies of one of the colony's investors. Yeah. It feels like more bad timing than anything else. I think. I mean, the thing you learn quickly when reading about the history of Roanoke Island is that when it comes to the actual weather of the area, there is no good timing. No, no. Literally, the weather is just always shit. Like, your boats will always break. You will always be lost at sea. Your cargo will always fall off your boat. Like, historically, this happened over and over again. There is no good timing. Just, just don't go to Roanoke. Right. Like, Learn your lesson. Do not go to Roanoke. Pick somewhere else. They should have just gone straight to Chesapeake. They would have been fine. But also, I mean, they didn't know. They had to check on the Roanoke people, but for once, don't don't be that guy who cares about other people. Just get your money for settling your colony. John White was going to be governor. He yeah. gave up being governor for a day to go check on the Roanoke colonists. He could have set up the colony and then gone yeah. back to Roanoke. You know, he had options here, but no. Damn it, John White actually caring for the value of other human life. How dare he? Damn it. Can can you believe it? The milk of human kindness is what prevented England from settling their colony. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how different things would be had they been successful, had like Roanoke never disappeared. Like, I mean, I'm getting a butterfly effect. Like this really has nothing to do with it, but. It would be weird, I think to try and evaluate a history in which this militaristic colony actually succeeded. Right. It would have changed a lot. 
Not in the short term, maybe. Probably the war between England and Spain. I, I feel like it would have taken, I mean, the colony would have taken so long to really establish itself and become large enough and self-sustaining enough to be of value to as a port city that I think it's unlikely it would have had any effect on that particular war. So moving on from that, the Dare Stones. And those are believed to tell the location and the story of what happened. However, recent... Emphasis on the word believed. Right. And recent like discoveries, I guess, have led a lot of people to assume that or to believe that these Dare Stones are a hoax. And I think for a multitude of reasons, um, one of them being there's just really not much evidence in its favor um, that it would be true. The writing on it is very strange. It's not, like, it's very much in a language that is not Old English. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very much like, they've gone to heaven. I think that was the first thing that, like, archaeologists were like, yeah, no, this is a hoax. There were a couple of instances, not just with the stone, but with, with, um, artifacts found. I noted there was a um, signet ring that they found that um, I guess they took it to someone who didn't run the like proper tests on it and was like, oh, it's gold. And so it dates back to this. But then archaeologists later found out that like it's actually brass, which um, changes the time period it was in and like... And not to mention the commonness of the ring. Yeah. That's so, that's the main issue that I I recall they have archaeologically is that if it was a gold ring, the rarity of it would imply like you could connect a gold the status linked to a gold ring to one of the explorers who actually was there who we have documents of. But a brass ring could have literally been anybody, including but not limited to traders and settlers from other European regions, not the Roanoke colony itself. That was shitty when they figured that one out, I feel like, because that was such a big clue for so long. Only to find out it was it was nothing at all. It was it a red was, herring. Yeah. And so like that was kind of awful when they found that out, but also like good, I guess, because they're not relying on a falsehood anymore. But some of the other things they found, um, I thought was kind of interesting actually and they haven't been able to like disprove any of it yet um there's two excavations happening right now they happen yearly um one of them's um near cape creek which is 80 kilometers southeast of the settle- settlement the other one is more inland of where roanoke island would have been theoretically speaking and that one is also 80 kilometers um but northwest of where it's mm-hmm. believed um with that in mind they have found um flintlocks that um are assumed to be english owned um really close to the croatoan sites which would um indicate assimilation which i think is one of the more plausible theories personally or the lack of dna matches yeah almost instantly dissuades any plausible evidence towards that. Yeah. So we've finally, I think, gone through the, the roster and we've reached my personal two favorites, which I personally believe are the most plausible given the evidence. The first, as we've just mentioned, is assimilation. The theory is very simple. The colonists knew they couldn't survive with the limited supplies they had. Everyone knew this, the Indians included. Mm -hmm. Uh, because the previous colonists 
had so heavily depended on the Indian tribes that many of them had starved as a result. So they were very aware of how, uh, how much the colonists relied on them. The main difficulty for these colonists would have been finding a tribe willing to take them in. Mm-hmm. Because at the time, there was a lot, like we, we have to, we cannot understate this or say it too many times, there was a lot of tension with the Indian tribes. Within like the first week of White's colony having like landed on Roanoke, uh, one of the colonists was shot dead with like 13 arrows. It was like we're talking, we're talking dire straits here. So it makes sense that if they were to find a tribe willing to take them in, it would have to be very far away from the place where they had already skewered, absolutely eviscerated their relationships with the local Indian tribes. So when we're talking about, you know, 80 to 100 kilometers away, I will also say not necessarily as a, as a point of evidence in support, but as a point of counter evidence for the evidence against it, okay. is that one of the reasons why we haven't been able to genetically match up any relationship between any of the Indian tribes and the colonists is because we lack a point of reference. Notably, we haven't found the bodies of the colonists. This means we can't genetically analyze the DNA of the colonists. Similarly, we don't have enough genetic samples from the initial Indians from, you know, hundreds of years ago to be able to detect genetic differences that matched up with an English cross-pollinization. So the main issue we have with genetic testing is we don't have enough yet to test. And I mean, you run into the issue, like, yeah, DNA testing has gotten a lot better. Finding DNA has gotten a lot better. From the true crime standpoint, it's really exciting how much better it's gotten. However, if they haven't found much of anything that's confirmed to be of possession of someone who was one of the original colonists, they can't even test that. They have no means, really, of getting a DNA sample that is confirmed. So, unfortunately, with that theory, I mean, I like the idea of assimilation. Um, To me, that one makes a lot of sense. But because of it, I don't think that there's going to be anything that they're going to find in our lifetime that would confirm that answer. The other, the other downside to this theory is that it relies on somehow no one noticing hundreds of white people in an Indian tribe. Right. Or at the very least, no one noticing the effects of hundreds of white English people joining a tribe mm-hmm. a few hundred years down the road. Right. Like that, that's, that's the other main issue uh, with the particular theory of assimilation. With such a huge population just trying to assimilate, it seems unlikely that we'd have no records of such assimilation or no, no observation which implied them. This sort of brings us to like the only other plausible theory, which is that they tried to they leave. tried to just leave. John White shipped himself off with a pirate who had been involved in literally every single one of these voyages, uh, Simon Fernandez. Mm-hmm. Literally, what a god. Like, that he didn't die at sea is, an, right. is a, a bloody miracle. miracle. Okay, so Simon Fernandez, the OG, okay? He bought, he uh, safely got John White back to England. Right. The colonists were left with one actual boat, mm-hmm. which definitely couldn't carry all of them. They had enough lumber to make another boat, which could almost carry the rest of them, mm-hmm. but not actually carry all of them. Historically, we know it would have been possible for at least some of them to boat back to England. It had been done before by, I believe, uh, the Spanish. Mm -hmm. Uh, And as as we mentioned, like the Spanish had like encampments and colonies of their own. I think, I believe somewhat uh, down 
south yes. from where the uh, Virginia colony, as it was being called, was established. Yeah, they would have had to come north if they had killed them. Yeah, but anyway, the, the Spanish had already made a makeshift boat and made it back to Europe. So it's not as if it hadn't been done before. But the real question would have to be, how on earth did they pick the guys who had to stick back there and not go on the boats? And why didn't we find their bodies? Yeah, the problem with the boat theory is that it explains most of the evidence going missing, but it doesn't explain all of it. Right. It wouldn't explain what happened to all the supplies and equipment and tools and general living circumstances. It wouldn't explain why all that evidence for the remaining colonists disappeared. It wouldn't explain why the remaining colonists themselves who hadn't left to try and get back to England didn't disappear. Does the Roanoke colonists going off to sea necessarily prove that they would have gone missing? For example, as mentioned before, privateers and pirates were everywhere. It's possible that rather than actually being lost at sea and disappearing, they might have been captured. They might have been looted. There's also the possibility that they made it back to England and then through uh, the dismay of Raleigh, because remember, Raleigh wanted to use the uh, excuse of investigating the circumstances of his colonists. He used that as his cover story to finance him going to explore El Dorado. He wanted to find El Dorado. He didn't care about his colonists at that point. So if the colonists had all of a sudden shown up at his doorstep, the likelihood of any of these things happening becomes more and more slim. It's much more reasonable to assume that if this were the case, they'd simply got lost at sea. Now, I'm gonna bring my true crime science brain into it. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Depending on the environment, the climatic environment of the time, human body decay could be sped up or slowed down based on the humidity, mm -hmm. based on temperatures, um, just, I mean, a lot of things play into that. However, on average, it takes 40 to 80 years for above ground bodies to decompose entirely. That means no bones. The only way they would know if a human body was there would be to test the soil for remnants. So you are dealing with the fact that it is plausible that the bones have just completely decayed. By now, yes. But could they have been killed somewhere else? Like you were saying, if they were captured, um, so they weren't looking in the right place originally, and now there's nothing there. So like, I just had a long thought about that last night also, of just like how much evidence could be missing because of time. Um, and you know, they have found some stuff. They found a slate writing tab. They found- I think the they actually unearthed like a burial ground mm -hmm. a while back from like a hurricane unearthing it of some sort. I did hear about that. I did not look much into it. Um, Neither did I. Probably should have, but oh well. It um, wasn't directly pertinent to this case, I don't think. No. And I think the most closely linked thing that they found is um, they found six hilts of iron rapiers, mm. which in the 16th century, the um, rapier was the most commonly used sword. So they have definite evidence that English men were there. The question then goes into... They had the rapiers. Were they taken from them? Were they just left behind? If they assimilated or tried to go back, they would have taken the rapiers with them. So that leads into a bit of a darker possibility of what happened. I have to remind everyone, though, that uh, there were only soldiers in the initial Lane colony. The second colony attempt was completely composed of civilians. So I'm not even sure necessarily if rapiers being present at any site would indicate that that actually belonged to the the real lost colony or if those had been 
remnants from Lane's colony, which did consist of military people who would have brought swords. Hmm. I didn't even think about that, actually. Yeah, that's, that's actually one of the main problems they have with investigating archaeologically the lost colony, is that they can find some evidence of certain things which were English, but they can't prove definitively that they came with the lost colonists right. and not from the Lane colonists or even some other European traders, especially since the time difference between Lane's colony and White's colony was only like two years. Yeah, it was not long enough to make that decision. And so, I mean, unfortunately, I do think the most probable is that they tried to go back and they died or they assimilated. I think those are the two most probable. I don't know yeah. which one it is or if that's even right. I personally believe in a hybrid of both the boating back to England and assimilation hypotheses. Okay. Because if you assume that most of the colonists went to return to England, perhaps maybe even to bring supplies back to the colony, which would explain why some were willing to stay behind, mm -hmm. then they could be lost at sea. Their bodies being gone and their evidence of existence being gone would have been lost at sea. Right. That covers that much. Then the remaining colonists simply ran out of time. They couldn't continue waiting for supplies. They had to find some other way to survive. So the remaining colonists could assimilate with a distant Indian tribe. The fewer colonists would mean that the genetic impact of these fewer colonists on the overall population of a single Indian tribe would be much less. Mm -hmm. Additionally so, if you assume that, that they were captured along the way and were traded, then you would find the population density of English people in an Indian tribe was even less. And so geographically and genetically, you wouldn't find much like living evidence of any of the colonists in any particular direction. Additionally, it would explain why the, why the possessions of the colonists disappeared along with the colonists themselves is because, as mentioned, the Indians hated, hated the English right now. But they weren't opposed to trade. And so if they brought their possessions with them to trade with the Indians in exchange for assimilation, then it could have possibly been a way for them to attempt to, you know, barter for survival, literally. So I personally think the, the one that ticks all the boxes for me is a hybrid explanation between the return to England and the assimilation hypotheses. It makes sense. It, it could tick every box if it were correct. Um, I mean, I think unfortunately with this one, we're never going to have the answers. Yeah, unfortunately, we're still running off very incomplete evidence, not the least of which being almost none of these hypotheses can actually explain the message that they were going to the Croatoan tribe mm -hmm. and yet there was no distress. That that for me is like the biggest omission of evidence that stands in the way of the case is that most of these theories at least have some measure of plausibility if you ignore their signal, but because they left that signal there, it implies a lack of necessity. It almost makes it more casual that they disappeared. Like they're like, oh yeah, no, we're just we're just heading out over this direction. You you'll find us when you find us. And then they didn't get found ever. So that is the thing that really makes everything else more difficult to reason out. I would love to know what other people 
think? Like, what our listeners think are the most... I mean, I'm sure we didn't even get some of the juiciest, most obscure theories out there. Yeah, so... I'd love to see what other theories people have or what they think is the most plausible. That would be really cool to hear. Meanwhile, you can find us at Conspiracy Crashers Podcast on Instagram. Facebook is just Conspiracy Crashers. Twitter is Conspiracy Pods. Our website is now live. Um, it's Conspiracy Crashers Podcast. You can subscribe there. You can listen there. There's merch on the site available for purchase. And our email is conspiracycrasher at gmail.com. Also find us on sellouts.org. That's it, though. Ian roasts me, so keep listening. Which of the conspiracy crashes is better? We got to have a war in the comments. I mean, I think you've already won that. I don't know, man. I'm sure there's someone who's sick of me being a snarky asshole with all this fucking history shit. No, I'm sure people are really over me being like, I eat Tide Pods. I didn't do research. Well, I suppose we'll just have to let the fans tell us. One of us had to be the stupid one and we all knew it was going to be me. All right, next week, I kind of want to be a dick and give you one with like absolutely no history. Does it have any forensic evidence? No. No. Men in Black it is. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take what I can get. <laughs>